Welcome, everyone, to Pulling the Strings, the puppet podcast. My name's Yasmin, and today I will be your host. This is my first podcast at Puppet, where I'm the host, so please bear with me. I am a product manager at Puppet, and I currently focus on Bolt, one of our newest open source projects. I'm really excited for today's session because we have Nick Maludi with me today. Um, For those of you who have been following the Bolt project, Nick's been there from the beginning. So I'm really excited to spend some time with him and learn a little bit about what he's up to. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Nick Maludi. I'm the DevOps manager at Encore Technologies. And so do you want to tell the audience a little bit about when you started using Puppet? Sure. So, uh, started using Puppet uh, in the winter of uh, Jan- like around January 2017 or so. Um, we had some problems in our environment, and Puppet was uh, one of the projects that came up to help us solve them. And uh, when did you start using Bolt? Bolt was probably the following year. Um, I think you guys released it um, in the fall of 2017, and I happened to catch one of the YouTube uh, replays of the Puppet Conf and found it that way. It feels like it was just yesterday, but also so long ago. It does. <laughs> um, so what's your setup like today? Um, how are you using Puppet? So we use uh, open source Puppet. We run uh, multiple compile masters with a single CA server, um, load balance behind HA proxy right now, and then use uh, Bolt for all of our remote execution, for our patching, node deployments, that sort of stuff. That's awesome. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how your organization has been adopting DevOps? Uh, you said that your title is DevOps manager, so um, you want to let us know about your role and how that's changed? Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. So I started off originally as an engineer. Um, that lasted about a month, and we needed someone to fill the role of a, a leader within the organization. At the time, it was just a small team of engineers. So they promoted me to manager, and I was a manager of our three-person team or four-person team. And then over the uh, following couple of years, we had people come and go and teams merge and diverge. And uh, now I'm the manager of basically two distinct teams, but it's a total of about 20 people right now. Nice. And each one of those teams is, one of them I would consider more of a, a development team. They focus, and that was my original DevOps team. Um, that focuses on our, our tooling, our um, our build pipelines, our automation. And then we have another team, which is basically our operations team, but where we're in the process of teaching them more about DevOps and then turning them hopefully into more of a, an SRE team is my, uh, my vision there. That's awesome. So you have both sides of it, Dev and Ops. How's that been going? It's it's good and it's it's very interesting. I'm learning a lot. I'm a traditional developer, so I'm not, I've never done the operations side of it. But it turns out it's not that different from what I'm used to in terms of just keeping our software running. Anyways, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a really enjoyable experience as a manager because I've been helping teach a lot of these engineers new skills, helping them show the vision of how things can be, and then also seeing them realize these little nuggets for themselves and then be able to go and off into their own little worlds and, and achieve good things and make differences in inside of their day-to-day. So it's been really, really rewarding. That's great. Can you tell me a little bit about the teaching process? What types of things are you um, implementing or using to en- enable the team to learn? So we started off, again, a traditional operations team. Um, the ops team manages things like VMware, networks, um, our storage, load balancers, uh, Citrix, that sort of stuff. Um, and then also servers and Windows, Linux. Um, not so much Linux side, but mostly the Windows side uh, for that team. And they were just there to keep the lights on, right? 
patch things, um, add, remove, change, that sort of stuff, work tickets, a lot of service now work. And the learning process really began when we saw the success of our DevOps team and how accelerated they were and how little they had to be on call, how little they had to um, to support their their own infrastructure, right? We were able to automate a lot of it and uh, deploy it consistently across multiple customers. And so we wanted to try to replicate that with our uh, other products we supported on our operations side of the house. And so we identified kind of the key skills, and there's a whole list of them that these operations people that don't know anything about code, don't know anything about Git, need to go and start learning. A lot of them had never logged into a Linux command line before. Um, so we identified this skill set, and then we shuffled it around and organized it into a, a roadmap and kind of a course catalog, if you will, say, okay, we need to do Linux command line first because everything kind of runs on Linux. And then we need to do um, Git on the command line and make sure they know how to use Git and GitHub and Bitbucket. And then eventually we've progressed. And now uh, we're actually, I'm, I'm super proud to say we've gone through two full training cycles on uh, Puppet itself. And now a, a team of 20 are at least at a beginner level familiar with Puppet and able to go and use it to tackle challenges um, on their own. Wow, that's really great. Sounds like you have a really good team. Yeah, yeah, we're really, uh, really fortunate in that aspect. Um, we also, as an organization, had to donate things to this learning process, right? It was not just a expect everyone to go pick this stuff up. You know, me as a manager, I had to plan this stuff out, uh, understand what the curriculum needed to look like, understand the objectives we needed. But then we needed to um, purchase some uh, online learning tools to help us because I don't have time to go and create all this content myself. Um, some of the things we do, we supplement here and there where it makes sense to say, hey, here's the way Encore does it versus the way, you know, the rest of the world does it. Or here's where we take the baseline tool and then apply apply it into our customer environments. Um, and then also we have to dedicate time from our organization to allow these people to go do this training and, and learning effort. So um, our budget is one hour per day. So five hours a week, we go and, and say, hey, engineers at Encore, you have this learning budget. Here's the things we need to accomplish. And uh, we try to set deadlines for the each learning objective so that the team is kind of going along at the same pace. And and eventually we've slowly but surely and, uh, and actually not that that long of a period. We've been doing this for um, about eight or nine months now. And I feel really uh, happy with the progress we've made in that time. That's great. What's been the reaction of the team so far? It's funny. Uh, at the start, they hated it. They hated having homework again. They hated having, because uh, we do not just online learning and videos, we have like kind of recommended or required exercises they need to go to. Not that it's anything super challenging, but for example, in Puppet, they had to go set up a server, set up a Puppet Master, um, write some manifests, uh, apply those to a node, change it around a little bit, and then provide um, submissions along the way in, in the form of Git repos. And at, at first they hated it. They, uh, they didn't like, again, doing that homework and that extra effort. But over time, as they run into challenges where they need these skills, I've gotten positive feedback where, for example, one of the engineers uh, that's a VMware engineer needed to log into an ESX host. And he said it was the only time in his life he's logged into an ESX host and has not been completely lost at the command line. He was able to go and run basic commands and execute those things without having to go look it up on Google. Another example of that was just the other day we were going through and reviewing some of our, our puppet training that we had done. And we had an engineer that was a traditional Windows Active Directory engineer. All of a sudden, the light kind of clicked on in the middle of the meeting. He was able to visualize and articulate the roles and profiles he wanted to go start writing to remove the group policy that we used to have to write. And now we can check it into Git and have it as a, a code repo and then be able to use that for multiple customers, where right now he has to point and click all that stuff inside a group policy. 
And he's like, oh, this immediately, this could make my life better. That was, again, very rewarding. That's awesome. So it sounds like not only are they excited about it, but it seems to be having an impact on your business as well. I I definitely can agree with that. Uh, We're able to deliver things much more consistently. We're able to deliver things faster. So maybe I'll back up and describe Encore as a, a business. So we're a managed service provider primarily. What that means is we basically run other people's IT infrastructure for them. Basically, the again, the stack that I, that I mentioned earlier, the way we make money is by scaling that, that same process across multiple customers. And so as a team, if we're able to develop a solution that can scale quickly across multiple customers and be repeatable and consistent, we're better as a business and we can stretch our resources further and, and our small team of people can manage more and more clients and more and more servers and, and again, make more money, which is good for uh, for the bottom line. So yeah, from that aspect, the Bolt and Puppet have helped us from a consistency perspective, right? When we put something in code in a role or a profile or a manifest is the same way and it's executed the same in every single environment. And that helps us from a reproducibility perspective uh, when we're going and scaling out these different configuration changes across our environments. So what advice would you have to other organizations that are implementing DevOps and what tools have helped you? You've mentioned Puppet and Bolt a little bit, um, but what advice would you have for them? Um, Let's see. I would say um, the first thing is you need to describe to the engineers that it's not a fearful thing, right? We're not trying to take anyone's job by implementing DevOps and automation. A lot of the companies that we run into, they have have this fear mindset. and, And I think it's overcome fairly quickly. But it just needs to be a leadership-driven decision to say, hey, we're not trying to fire anybody. We actually want to make all of you smarter and better and work more effectively because that's better for our business. You know, it, it's an expensive thing to go hire a person and to, to train them. We don't want to lose any of that knowledge. We just want to make you better as, a, as an engineer and, and make your talents go further. And I, I think some of the, the other tools and techniques that we've used is uh, an agile methodology we use internally, not with a capital A agile, as I like to say, we're, we're the lowercase kind of agile, where we actually try to be um, fluid in our process and not let the the process and the paperwork slow us down. So we, we're, we're constantly changing that, loosening the rules, tightening the rules, um, deleting process where it, where it doesn't make sense anymore, and, and introspecting and, and looking at ourselves. That's awesome. And... Um... Have you kind of ran into any roadblocks or any failures that you've learned from that are worth sharing out to others that are experiencing this today? I would say from a, a failure perspective, we probably didn't do this soon enough is really the my biggest complaint. We tried to do other things in the interim to... Um, to transform the organization or to, to fix the individual problems that we were having rather than than biting the bullet and saying, hey, we just need people to work differently. And that, I think, caused those individual changes and the Band-Aids caused more problems and, and really just kicked the can down the road, right? It just extended the pain rather than than saying as an organization, hey, we need to we need to make a change and it's going to take time and it's going to be different, but in the end, it will be better. Since you've been the manager of this um, throughout the entire time when they're implementing DevOps. What have been some of the biggest challenges for you in helping the team along the ride? I think my biggest challenge is taking a step back from coding day to day. I grew up as a, a problem solver. You know, I went to school as an engineer. I spent my time, you know, post college doing heavy, deep problem solving and, and engineering work. And then having to go and, and manage people is a lot different. And I can't be in the weeds all the time. And uh, that's a struggle for me, and it's it's a struggle every day. 
and I, I try to find some things here and there where I can use my engineering efforts. Like the other day, I was writing some Python code to do something that I couldn't figure out how to do in Excel. Um, and I did it in five minutes instead of an hour it would have taken me. But uh, yeah, that's been a, a huge challenge for me as a as a former engineer going into that that management role is, is taking that step back. Um, and then realizing that people are people, right? And they sometimes need uh, different levels of effort, right? It's not just a piece of code I can go recompile or rerun. I need to think about the bigger picture and, and how words and actions can influence people in, in positive ways, right? And, and helping encourage people rather than uh, just yelling at them. Because yelling doesn't work. You know, we, we need to put the carrot out there and, and help feed their uh, their minds and, and their bodies and their spirits to help go and, and work towards that that better goal that you want to get them uh, down the road on. That's great. And um, what uh, have there been any tools that have helped you in this process? I, I think the biggest ones are, have been Puppet and Bolt. That was our, originally when we started with Puppet, it was our tool to help solidify our, our server configurations, which were either being done manually or with like SSH and a for loop semantics, that, that's that been huge. Um, Bolt has been another one. We were doing our, our ad hoc uh, remote code execution in this other, uh, this other tool. And Bolt was something that we were able to use to kind of unify. Um, and it's actually helped out on our learning journey as well, where the common language between Bolt and Puppet makes it such that our, our engineers don't have to learn a whole other language to go and do this ad hoc automation versus configuration management. They can kind of learn one and understand the other one pretty easily. Another tool that we like to use pretty often here is uh, StackStorm. StackStorm is our, our orchestration layer. It kind of ties all of our automation together in this glue kind of layer. And then finally, I think ServiceNow has been a big one for us. We're able to expose these uh, service catalog automation items into uh, a GUI that then our customers can go and consume and run puppet commands in the background or, or run StackStorm actions or something like that. That's great. So all these tools are kind of fitting into your self-service um, portal kind of? Yeah, yeah. Basically, our service now is our, our self-service portal. And, and a, at a high level, it's a light wrapper. It's basically our user interface. And there's a light wrapper that then goes and makes an API call to StackStorm. And StackStorm then usually runs some puppet plan or some bolt plan or uh, applies a puppet manifest onto uh, onto an end node. That's the the general high level 30,000 foot view of the way that it works. That's great. And so obviously I'm a little biased on bolt, um, but I'm really curious just from an organizational standpoint, what impact that software has had and like what things that you've been able to implement maybe to improve uh, workflows or anything um, that you could share out? Yeah, my primary one uh, that I'll have to talk about is with patching. We used to patch our servers quarterly, and which is fine. That met our, our security compliance standards at the time. As you know, over the past couple of years, um, security vulnerabilities have released more and more often. And a lot of times there's zero days where you actually need to go patch today because the vulnerabilities out in the wild. And a lot of that has uh, changed the way that we think about how often these things need to, to happen. And Bolt has given us the ability to automate our patching process such that we can run it every single week if we need to. And so we run our, our patching process every Monday or Tuesday, depending on whether it's uh, Windows or Linux. And now we don't have the fear. Uh, and it, it all runs in a single day. So if at any single given day, right on a Thursday or Friday, if a new CVE is dropped, I have the confidence in my, my tool sets and my team's capabilities to go and patch every single one of our systems in our, in our network. Uh, and that's, that's pretty huge for me from a, a service delivery team. We don't have to worry about that, that first level defense, right? Making sure those, those things are patched and, and our, uh, our backyard is clean. And are you working with the security teams on gathering that CVE data? 
Yeah. So sometimes our um, security teams will go and send us an email saying, hey, the CVE just dropped. We need to go patch it. Um, other times, just people reading the register and seeing how bad uh, something was just broken. Other times, it's you know an engineer parsing through release notes. But yeah, there's there's kind of a mixture there. And then the others on the security team side, we have vulnerability scans that go on. Those are not as regular as, as every week, but when we do get um, outputs of the vulnerability scans, we'll go and then use Bolt to go and apply patches to all those systems that are affected, which is also why I'm excited about uh, the new Puppet Remediate. So we use a scanner in-house that's covered under Puppet Remediate, and, and I'm super excited to tie in our existing remediation workflows, our, our patching workflows, to the output of those tools using that. I know Johnny's so excited to talk to you. I think it's really nice to see how your Bolt usage has evolved um, just from the beginning of the project and also just all of the, how valuable your feedback has been to our product roadmaps across the board. I appreciate that. Thank you. So I guess we've talked a lot about the things that you've learned and uh, what you've implemented, but what are your goals in the next year for the team or the technology and the things you have planned? So we're going to keep educating. We have, we're about halfway through our uh, our education bullet points. I think we're through a lot of the easy ones and we're now on to the hard ones. I actually talked to the team uh, late last week and said, we're going to stick on the, the puppet bullet points for a while and we're going to go deep on this one. One of the things that we're doing that's kind of interesting, instead of just going through videos, we're going to do some collaborative learning and tackle some problems together as a team and try that out, see how it works, which basically means we're going to take uh, a Windows server that's not puppetized yet. And as a team, we're going to go puppetize it. We're going to go through the process of understanding, breaking down the build process, figuring out what the components are, how the configuration changes are made, and then determining how do I apply puppet resources to each one of those things, and then breaking that out into Hira, understanding what pieces of Hira need to be implemented. And then finally, the operational side of it is what one-off commands do we run? And then pulling those things into Bolt plans. A next one to kind of follow in through that is our uh, coverage on our Windows and uh, VMware side of the house. So we have some of our Windows systems covered under Puppet Management, but that's a very small number. And, and we're trying to expand that out as much as we can. And as we go through this learning objective and more of our, our Windows engineers are versed in Puppet, they'll be able to help implement that. And then VMware on that side of the house, we have some some cool things in the works around uh, VMware and PowerShell to help our Windows engineers and our VMware engineers that are familiar with things like PowerCLI be able to run that through Bolt and uh, through Puppet to help manage our VMware environments. And then uh, I think finally, the other one that, that we're working on is taking more of that, the self-service approach that we provide for our customers and helping provide that for our engineers. So taking our, our ops work that we do and trying to put that into Bolt as much as we can. Uh, instead of having people just go run commands manually, we want to provide those things as, as plans in Bolt primarily and then front end it with the service now or chat ops so that engineers can go execute that stuff whenever they need to. That sounds really exciting. That's a packed roadmap you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> um, as you've been doing this and as you're kind of planning it out, are there any resources on the Puppet side or Bolt side that have been helpful to you that you think you want to share advice on what's been helpful so far? Yeah, on the the Puppet side, the Shit Gary Says blog is good. Um, the Puppet documentation itself has been really good. R. Nelson has a blog, and then also the uh, the Puppet Slack. I have to plug. I'm on there quite a bit. It's amazing how you know a simple question can get answered very quickly by resources that are very close to the problem. Um, I think that kind of back and forth helps uh, helps quite a bit. So, well, since you brought it up, how can people find you on the Puppet Slack? That's at n m a l u d y, and uh, I usually hang out in the Bolt channel. 
Well, it's been a really good time talking with you, learning about how uh, our tools have helped make an impact at your organization and just really your career growth has been awesome. I know you're pretty active on the socials, so do you want to let people know where they can find you when you're not on the Puppet Slack? Yeah, I'm at Nick Maludi on Twitter, and I also blog occasionally on our uh, our blog at encore.tech slash blog. Thank you. And that Puppet Slack channel, for those of you who want to go find Nick or other members on the Puppet team, whether it's Bolt or Puppet or our new product, Remediate, it is just puppet.slack.com. You can sign up there. And if you are getting started, we have a hands-on lab, which is bolt.guide, and that'll help you get started if you are starting your DevOps journey and want to get to the elite level that Nick and his team are at. Thanks, Nick, again for joining. We're really glad that you could dial in. Uh, Thank you all out there for listening. We hope that this was valuable. We will have all of the links on the show notes. And again, if you need anything, hop on the Puppet Slack, talk to Nick, talk to other people at Puppet. We're happy to be part of the conversation. Thanks, Yasmin. 